So uh, I think we should go ahead and get started because yeah, somebody I know has a paper to work on. Yeah, man, I got a, I got my final paper for theory and practice of psychotherapy due tomorrow at midnight. <laughs> yeah, I have to, uh, I have to write my entire vision of psychotherapy, including a, a section on what I think about human nature. <laughs> I assume that you only have like proofreading left because you're a good student and you've already got it done, right? I mean, that'll be the part that I have to do last. The first thing I need to do is start the paper. <laughs> uh, the friend in me is not surprised. Yeah. The uh, professor in me is also not surprised, but still disappointed. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. That's all right, man. That's all right. Oh, yeah. It's all right. Too long didn't read Human Nature is Fucked. Thanks, Zombie 9 by 19 I appreciate the insight. Uh, you know, I have some opinions about humans. They're nothing terrible. <laughs> nothing too terrible? No, I think people are generally blank slates, and that we just do a pretty piss-poor job of raising human beings. So? I mean, there are exceptions, of course. But... So, uh, what do we want to talk about this week? Man, I had a couple ideas. Uh, you know, just as uh, much planning went into this podcast tonight as did the paper that I'm writing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so we're in, we're in we're in a down season. You know, the effects of the Clockwork City thing have been felt, and unlike a lot, you know, the other releases we had, uh, you know, the releases we had in 2017, there hasn't been enough of a huge meta shift, uh, even with the nerfs that we had recently, that like a counter shift is necessary to fight those things. You know, most of the same things are still pretty good. Um, so there's some innovative deck building going on, you know, I'm thinking of mid-range warrior making a rise over the last month and a half, but, uh, you know, things are basically where they were a while ago with some outliers. Um, so I was thinking that there are a couple things we could do, depending on what the audience wants to do, what you want to do. Uh, the, the first thing I thought is, you know, we had a lot of fun theory crafting a, uh, Doomcrag sorcerer deck a while ago that, uh, you know... A deck very similar to it that doesn't run Doomcrag. <laughs> See success on the ladder in your hands, your, your mid-range sorcerer with uh, Worm King's Agent. Um, I thought maybe we could see if there's a card out there like Stormcloak Camp, right? That like could be the engine for a deck that we're just not seeing, nobody's playing. And I also was curious, you know, I'm, I'm interested in doing some more of the interactive stuff tonight. I'm, I'm interested in seeing where people are at with the game, uh, what they would like to see done as far as marketing goes, as far as new content goes, uh, as far as outreach they haven't seen. I'm just interested in hearing about all that. Well, to start with your first idea, there is an underplayed little gem from Clockwork City that I would like to see more of. Okay. Uh, I think we could theorycraft something around it. Um, all right, what's, what's the card? Uh, I think that Galen is not getting the due that he deserves. Oh, okay. Galen, Galen the, the shelterer, in case you were wondering. Right, uh, right. He's a unique legend. I feel like we could do something with him. It's a great idea, brother. <laughs> you know, you know uh, I don't think it would be very good, but I was thinking to myself the other day, just kind of uh, related to this, that I want to really give Factotum spell sword control a shot, I think. Okay. 
Spell sword control factotums, huh? Yeah, it, it suffers... The biggest problem is it suffers from a lack of card draw and, like, good AoE removal, but it does everything else that I would want a factotum deck to do. So, like, if I can figure out the card draw part, I think that it might be worth it. Um, yeah. I think that I think that the reason that fat totems are traditionally run in something like assassin, for example, is because, well, I mean, let's be honest, fat totems aren't cool unless you draw your fat totems. Right. Um, right. What I was considering uh, as a as an engine to facilitate that was going to be like fat totem spell sword that ran alter to find them. Since you don't have card draw, yeah. just just churn them out with alter. Um, okay, I like that just an idea i had i don't i don't necessarily know 100 percent how it's gonna like work out mentally but it's something i've been tossing around for uh some fun casual games as opposed okay. to the ladder grind yeah i can see that um the idea that came to my mind was sort of another look at uh illusory mimic in scout um, and, and this is again motivated like, like your idea is by Clockwork City cards. I just thought Ruthless Freebooter is the kind of card that would love to run in these decks. And, uh, the addition of Clockwork Scorpion makes that kind of compelling to me. Yeah, I can see Scorpion, uh, there. You know, it's funny, every time I think about Factotems, I never think about Mimic, but once you start giving the Factotems keywords, yeah. you're really increasing your chances of Mimic triggers because every copy that's still in your deck is going to pick up those keywords, right? So it's yeah, a good point. It's another interesting interaction. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. What about Factotum Scout? I mean, is Factotum Scout like something you could do? I think that the reason that it hasn't happened is it's totally something you could do. I mean, you, get, right. you have card draw, uh, you still have access to cards like Galen and Soltair, which was part of the reason that I was interested in the Spellsword version, because <clears throat> right. it's a great way to continue getting the triggers, but yeah. it just comes down to, like, if I'm going to play a control-based scout, why wouldn't I just play the other one with the shout package? You know what I that mean? Make, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Like, the shout package and Drain Vitality are just so strong now, right. may, I mean, maybe there's room for a version that runs both, but that's a lot of card slots. Like, you're not leaving a lot of room for much else yeah. if you're doing Shout Package and Factotums. That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. Farion in chat says that the other day he played against a Factotum Assassin that drew all of their Factotums in their first 20 cards. That's how, yeah, that's how Factotums wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just takes, just takes Alice in the fact that he probably lost the four games prior. Right. Right, like, you know, today I was, I was but right before this, I was recording some games with uh, Skeever Camp, the Stormcult Camp, Skeever Infestation, Battle Mage deck, and I, I played four games. I won one, and uh, the video that gets released for that deck next week is going to include me playing uh, one game. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to look great. <laughs> but I beat Merrick Battle Mage, which was really satisfying. But I mean, like, I think any blue base control deck is a pretty good matchup for that deck. Yeah. Speaking of uh, blue base control decks, I took Token Mage for a spin for the first time all season on the ladder this week. Yeah. And uh, on stream, I lost a game 
to a sorcerer control deck that had like 60 cards and ran things that I didn't even remember existed as cards. Like nice. It was, like it was so bad. And it was the sort of thing that like you look at it and you think you have no business whatsoever losing to it. But I lost to it because it turns out to beat tokens if you Ice Storm on turn 5 and on turn 6. Yeah, yeah. Probably good enough. And that's exactly what happened. It was just one of those like, well... I guess this guy got got what he needed. That's that's what happens sometimes, man. Yeah, Bra- bravo. <laughs> Dude, we're both kind of low energy tonight. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's been a long week. Like, it's been laid back because the family's been on vacation. They come back tomorrow, but it's also been right. long because I've been trying to pump out a bunch of content. Like, yeah. I posted three deck spotlights this week and a bunch of other stuff and yeah i just wrapped up a uh a video that i'm planning on posting monday that is looking at my uh year's worth of stats in terms of like win rate in relation Mm -hmm. to the ring so uh look for that monday but Mm -hmm. it's been it's been busy even though it's been laid back i'm excited to see that you know i'm looking at the the Elder Scrolls Legends section on Twitch right now. These are some... These are not great numbers. <laughs> no. Um, they're, they're not. There's been a, a pretty solid consensus that they've been dropping... Not even just counting, like, live streaming, right? But, like, even the, the drop farmer camps, if you will, have been yeah. getting smaller and smaller and smaller as of late. Yeah. What do you suppose the solution is, man? To Twitch numbers or just like engagement overall? Yeah, I, I would guess broader, more broadly speaking, just engagement, you know. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, for me, I think that there's a couple of things. Uh, you know, we can beat the marketing drum all we want, and I mean, it's hard to argue against it because like exposure is good but at some point like that's going to be diminishing right diminishing returns <clears throat> so yeah. i think to me it's maybe a reinvestment in whatever brings in the core audiences and maybe they already are, are doing this and, and we just can't see it on our end but I kept thinking about this when i was talking with ty i don't know if you saw on reddit but he posted like his custom ui thing that he'd like to see yeah i like that and he was um he was asking me for feedback and we were going back and forth and one of the things i was you know thinking about and was relaying to him at the time was that i think that elder scrolls legends specifically um can really distance itself and like plant a flag in the solo experience if they want to yeah um you know, Hearthstone used to do adventures and then they like stopped for a bit because it like wasn't necessarily fitting their business model. And I don't know if that's going to be the case with Legends or what, but I I think that the audience is just different. And I think that the solo experience is important for your Elder Scrolls audience. And what I mean by that is, is that for Hearthstone, World of Warcraft was already a game where you were playing with other people online. 
the game itself is largely based on the World of Warcraft uh, trading card game. So many people don't realize there was a physical World of Warcraft trading card game that was released uh, a long time ago. And Hearthstone plays very similar to that. So uh, there was already roots there for, um, you know, a player versus player or an online experience or, you know, all of that jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of Elder Scrolls Online, however, the right. Elder Scrolls universe has always been about solo role-playing experiences, right? That makes sense. And you still get that feel. I think Direwolf did a great job. You get that feel when you play this game for the first time, right? You play through the story, and you're you're leveling up. You're getting that experience. And I certainly love our story expansions, mm-hmm. but, you know... Once you get to the end of, like, like, when you hit level 50, and I know this is something we've talked about in the past, like, mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, well, now what, right? Like, I still yeah. I still want that, like, either a prestige mode or, you know, a higher right. level cap or, like, give give me something in that solo experience. And solo arena is, is cool, um, and it's certainly still something that I, I even still play right now, but right. I just feel like, I don't know, like, they could really pitch the like role-playing card game aspect if they <laughs> wanted to i can see that yeah i like the sound of that i mean that it, it's a much more it's a it's a unique market too right like a game that has an extensive solo package to it and and you you had a great point too about how coming to the elder scrolls legends are elder scrolls fans which for the most part are used to solo games yeah and I don't think that it's even limiting because it's a card game because like my mom is the kind of person who when she was alive like she would play solitaire for four hours straight against the computer you know what I mean right. and I know that Lord of the Rings has a living card game that's supposed to be strongly like against the AI and there's like a I think a co-op experience um, yeah. coming out as well so I know that there is uh, a market segment for the people who legitimately like card games but just don't really want to hop on a ladder and engage in the hard pvp portion you know yeah that makes sense i like the sound of that so how do you reach that audience and what is it what is it about that audience like is it more people who are a little older is it you know like who are those people i i don't know i mean that's the sort of thing that you would likely want to do a market study for all right um We don't even know if, like, that's going to have enough money involved. And then even if you do do that, like, is that, you know, is that good for the longevity of the game? Because I don't know what the return on investment is for the PvE content versus PvP. Because PvE content, you know, specifically the story expansions, um, I would wager probably take as much or more effort to make than just pack-based expansions. Oh, of course, Um, yeah. You know, you basically you're developing two products. You know, yeah. the solo experience and then the balance for the m- multiplayer experience. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, there's like all the additional voice acting that you have to record and the encounters that you have to design and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I mean, there's that, and then, you know, there's also the flip side, right? So as much as I think that they could really plant their flag in the solo arena, and I think that that's a good target audience for your traditional Elder Scrolls crowd mm. um i mean let's be honest uh those of us who like card games and liked to play them against other people 
have yeah. you know asked for more competitive support for a while. Not that I think that needs to be like huge million dollar tournaments by any means, because right. you know I I know that I'm probably in the minority, but I've always said like if I wanted to play a card game for money, I would just go play you know poker, right? Like to me, right. the, the money's not the motivator, but I do enjoy the tournament atmosphere. You know, whether it's online or in person, like I enjoy watching a bracket and you know talking to the other participants and you know uh it's the same thing like when i go to magic tournaments in person it's a lot different uh experience than you know just playing you know commander uh, yeah. with a group of friends or something so uh, that makes sense I, w I would like more outlets for that yeah huh you know, it's interesting because the, the argument we usually hear from or, you know, the idea or concept we usually hear from the, you know, more entrenched players on the Reddit and stuff is that the game needs a competitive scene, right? Like that by involving more people into a more group oriented thing and, uh, you know, we create a spectacle, something people wanted to watch, you know, an, an esports scene. Um, and that that's like the other big direction that people advocate for. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was alluding to. I I would welcome it. I just don't know if it necessarily... It's interesting because, like, you're not going to pull in the some of the top-level players unless there's money involved, but I personally don't think that the money needs to be as involved as much as it needs to just be, um, you know, an outlet. Like, like, Turquoise Link has said for a long time that, you know, it wasn't necessarily money for him. He he said, you know, slap on something and call it the uh, the World Championship or whatever, and, like, he'll play for, you know, just the title or, you know... Yeah. Ma mail him a $10 trophy and he's happy. You know what I mean? Like, for some right. people, the spirit of competition is enough. And I'm not saying that the tournaments that we currently have uh, aren't great. It's just... There's not necessarily a lot of them, you know, and many people yeah. don't even know that they exist. Um, you know, I, I will say this, you know, you talk about like exposure and stuff as well. Right. One of the things that I, I think that they're starting to do a better job of, I'm, I'm seeing more of it as I sign into the game, but I almost feel like the game needs a dedicated tile or spot when you sign into the game itself for news. Dude, like, there actually, I saw that when I logged in today. Yeah, there was a, well, that's just it, though. There's a, like, the pop-up, but I mean, like, a spot where, like, I click on it and I can see the news. Like, imagine, okay. for example, uh, we have a balance patch, right? The very yeah. first time you sign in, it tells you what's changed, right? You can see the cards. Yeah. And then after you've done that and you click OK, and you want to remember, like, oh, hey, uh, I skipped through that one card, or, you know, what was that change to Unstoppable Rage again? How do you get back to it? Because right yeah. now in the client, there right. is no like go to recent updates area. There is no news area. Right. Um, whereas like if I play a game, like even a game like Shardbound, for example, which is yeah. basically like on its last leg, it in its interface, like when you signed in, uh, had a news area and I could go there and it would link to recently posted articles by the company. And it yeah. would link to their subreddit, to their Discord, and to some other stuff, right? So, like, if yeah. we had a spot in our client that uh, would connect to social media, connect to the website, it'd be great if in that same area it was, like, learn about upcoming tournaments and maybe it kicked you to the ESL website or something. 
yeah. uh, kicked you to the warp meta website like uh i think they just needed that like dedicated area to say like hey this game has a community come be a part of it i think that that would go uh a long way in maybe keeping player engagement because if you're a new person and you try it out like maybe you do the story and you're like oh this is pretty cool but you know you don't know where to connect with other people mm-hmm. um you know uh yeah so pete in in chat right now mentions that gwent does this pretty well and i agree gwent is another game with a very similar thing you sign into gwent they have links to all their social media they've got links to articles Gwent yeah. also does a good job with like developer updates i think that legends um they're getting better and i want to yeah. acknowledge that they're getting better um, yeah. but I, I think a dedicated hub in the client would do a lot okay i like the sound of that you know while you were saying that i had a what well, maybe an insane idea um i was thinking about how like to some degree the players that we have that are the entrenched players are people who have been playing since open beta uh, who have full collections and so on and so forth, right? And and the game's been out, you know, we have like four expansions now, right? And the game's been out for, you know, in the public's hands at least, although not, it hasn't been in, it hasn't been out of beta for a year, but it's been in the public's hands for over a year. Um, almost a year and a half now, I guess. What if, uh, I was thinking about, there's this um, Heroes of the Storm, the other game that I play, I uh, did this thing uh, this last summer called Heroes of the Storm 2.0 which is this big push to get people who, you know, know, at this point, they release a new hero every month. They've been doing it for like four years. So there's a shitload of heroes. And the the barrier to entrance is like, was prohibitively expensive um, if you were just starting off. Legends 2.0, like coincide, let's let's say it coincides with a new set release. Uh... In Heroes 2.0, when you you got to choose one third of all the heroes in the game, and they would you got them for free as part of a bundle, uh, just for joining, right? Just for being a new player. What if we just gave away the entire core set to new players as part of it as part of a big push, you know, that coincided with an announcement that hey, at QuakeCon this year in six months we're gonna have a tournament, uh, finish in the top 32 like twice in the next whatever, and you're invited. Um, along with this free, you know, the, something for the new players as well. So you, you come at it holistically for like the new players, the old players, the, uh, you know, the old players get the new content. They get the opportunity to compete. The new players get the new cards and you know, the two of those forces working together and be and having a positive, you know, attitude about the game creates the word of mouth that you need to, uh, to build a, a community up. Yeah. I mean, I would get behind something like that even if it's not the entire core set um you know perhaps they do another round of uh budget decks or something right that incorporate a lot more of the core set or something and then they give a bunch of those out for free or you know what i mean but yeah i i 100 think that you know if they do get to the point where they say like okay you know we've heard your we've heard your uh you know requests we've heard your feedback we're going to do a competitive scene, you know, I think that they would have to do something at that point to also entice the new players to come and participate, right? Like, it's not one thing to just have a competitive scene for the people who've stuck to the game, but you need to lure back some of the other ones and entice some of the other players that maybe never gave this game a try, but, you know, we're willing to. I think that's a, a great idea. 
Um, you know, in, in terms of marketing in general, so <laughs> this this week's here. Okay, all right. This week's cheesy cryptocurrency reference. God right? damn it, dude. Uh, also, Hold on. also, I'm I'm muting myself. <laughs> uh, also, pyramid scheme reference, uh, if you will. So, uh, the Twitch community, you'll see some people that have been referencing it, and I'm also trying it out mostly because I keep wanted to keep an eye on it, and I was curious how it was going to work, and I think I know enough about it now to figure out what their business model is going to be. Um, but there's this referium thing, right? So Referium is technically not a cryptocurrency, it's like a token, uh, but um, basically the idea is uh, they go through seasons, and each season you earn points, and based on the number of points you have, you get rewarded tokens at the end of the season for tiers you fall into, right? Now it's yep. a pyramid scheme because like part of it is you get points for referring people, Dude, but, why don't we all why don't we all just start selling plexus? No, no, but hear me out, right? So, I was I was following this because I was curious what the end game like business model was going to be. Like a pyramid yeah. scheme where you just refer people doesn't do anybody any good. You've got to have like something that you're trying to bait at uh, the end of this. So, right. uh, another game that I play and I enjoy thoroughly off stream, and I've, I think I've streamed it like once so far, is Fortnite. Um, I'm having a lot of fun right. playing the battle royales. Um, what is what is Fortnite? Uh, so Fortnite is uh, it's got a, a PVE uh, version and then a PVP one that's got like a battle royale mode, but it's like a shooter. But you also build like, build forts. So like the mm -hmm. PVE version is like you build forts and you try to survive like these waves of hordes. Um, mm -hmm. The PVP version like it's literally a shooter, but you can in the middle of a fight just build a fort and hunker down in it. Like it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, but so this current season of referium so this is like where their business model kicks in they're saying like okay we've partnered with fortnite and you get bonus points if you download the free battle royale version you get bonus points if you purchase the pve version and you get two times as many points for watching fortnite streams or streaming fortnite right hmm. so this uh referium thing now that they've pyramided a bunch of people in and they mm -hmm. they get them hooked on trying to earn tokens because you can redeem the tokens to like buy games for example like that's the end <laughs> game on their part right okay. um it's got this marketing thing behind it that reminds me kind of a lot of like twitch drops in mm -hmm. a way right you're encouraging people to watch your content right mm -hmm. but it's bringing in people who wouldn't necessarily be from that game so like twitch drops yeah. was great at first for surging legends viewership because people who wanted to who were already playing the game wanted to earn stuff for that game the genius of the referium thing right is that once you get people like hooked on the whole tokens thing yeah you can start partnering with other games and bring in people who wouldn't have normally cared about that to maybe like watch those streams purchase stuff for that game because they want to get those points and so i'm not i'm not saying like hey legends go partner with referium or anything but right. uh it's an interesting thing to think about maybe yeah. they should also keep an eye on it like i again i'm only participating because i'm like cautiously optimistic about what it could be used for but yeah um 
it, it's just interesting. Like, I was already playing Fortnite, so it's not a big deal. But I know other people who didn't even know what Fortnite was that are only paying attention to it now because of the Referium deal, right? So... Okay. <clears throat> That's interesting. That is interesting. Like, if we had a Referium for, like, uh, you know... Get, get your points for watching Legend Streams, and uh, you also get bonus points, like, if you purchase Return to Clockwork City or something. You know what I mean? Like, just driving yeah, people yeah. in. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. <laughs> so, notifications are off when I record the podcast, but Ray Ray Barker just uh, renewed his subscription to the channel. Uh, five months, he's close to a new badge, but he said, I never know what to say for these... Nerf Bitcoin and the ring. <laughs> right he, on. He's so relevant, he doesn't even know it. Welcome back, Ray Ray Barker. Ray Ray, we, we need to have you on as a guest again. We need your uh, we need your wacky deck building skills. We need your smooth Australian accent. I know, you're like the smartest sounding person I've ever heard online. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely need you back. So message us on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Sweet. So what do I got to do to get you signed up on my pyramid scheme, Justin? Bro, I don't watch anything on Twitch. It doesn't matter. I get <laughs> points for referring, man. It's a pyramid scheme. All I got to do is sign up? Yeah. Do I got to drink Plexus? <laughs> I mean, only if you want to. <laughs> That's just, just salt and sugar, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> If you sign up using my referral link, I will send you two Tide Pods. That's pretty sweet. Right. We could turn this into the Tide Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, I meant to use that pun when I tweeted out our announcement we were going live. God damn it, dude. Yeah, you forgot. I did. I even I even had the, uh, the meme I posted today. I know, that was pretty great. Dude, Sandra fucking... So, like, three or four days ago, Sandra came up to me. She's oh. like, Justin... Because I asked her what Tide Pods were. Because like I'd seen it obliquely referenced somewhere. And she's like, oh my god, really? And so should we get on Instagram? Instagram or... I think Instagram. One of those things. I don't know. <laughs> there's Because there's another one, but I can't remember what it's called. But like... And she starts showing me like Tide Pod meme after Tide Pod meme. And, and I was just hooked, man. I couldn't stop doing it. I, I got to work the next day and I was still looking at Tide Pod memes. And I was tweeting about it all day, too. <laughs> I need to it's, get you an Imgur account. Maybe that's what it was? I've seen that word before. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's theoretically pronounced Imgur, but I refuse to. Just like I refuse to say GIF. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... I think that you would be quite comical on there. That'd be sweet. So, like, as, as kind of, like, down as we are, and we're also talking about, like, not the most enthralling fucking subject right now with regards to, like, how to beef up Legends' you know, presence, I, I, uh, I do think the game is actually, like, structurally in a pretty good place. And I do know that, like, we, it, it is time, you know, we're, we're at the, the length of time since the last content release that if they're following their uh, old announced plans um, for new content every three months or so, like, we're getting pretty close, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think I predicted either last podcast or it was the one prior that uh, February, early March at the latest would be when my personal prediction would be. 
Yeah. Um, just because, uh, you know, again, so when you look at the, the 2017 calendar, we had Fall of the Dark Brotherhood in March. Um, end of June was Heroes of Skyrim. And then November was Return to Clockwork City. So right. that's, again, like roughly three to four months per so if we've got November was our return to Clockwork City, you go December, January, February would be month three, March would be month four, right? So right. Uh, that being said, we are not only close, but also um, uh, AJ in CVH's chat, and then he went on to Reddit to clarify earlier, yeah. uh, may have spoiled that it's uh, potentially a pack-based set. He didn't nice. come out and say it, but he said that he felt like we they had a good cadence for those things. Mm-hmm. And it, when you look at, the, again, cadence, uh, not counting Madhouse, which uh, feels like a more standalone thing. Uh, yeah. We went uh, story, pack, story. So I assume that the next one's likely a pack set. Yeah. Um, again, entirely speculation. Don't quote me on it. Um, right. But just going off of what AJ had said in CVH's chat. So... Uh, yeah, and that, so here's the other thing. If if it really is February, like early March at the latest, um, yeah. given the normal like reveal schedule, I wouldn't be shocked if like in the next, I don't know, like two weeks we start seeing stuff. You think right? so? Uh, yeah, I think I think that that would be. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it that way. I know, I know you're you're getting uh, uncomfortable because I'm going to say that, and then we won't hear anything for six months. You know, because that's the Bethesda way. But I, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't be shocked given the cadence, right? Because if it's a pack-based set, you're going to have uh, a larger pool to reveal from. It's not going to be like Clockwork City. So I would yeah. guess that you'd probably have like a m- three m- three week, maybe a month of reveals leading up. And if you're doing that again with maybe late February, early March, like it's got to be getting close, right? I would imagine. I just, I'm just ready for it, you know. And and and, and you know the thing about the Madhouse collection, I wanted to say this real quick. Like I always thought about the, like, look, the Madhouse collection remains my favorite expansion, but I've always thought the Madhouse collection was released when it was released, how it was released, as a way of saying we didn't anticipate uh, open beta going on this long. We thought the mobile release would be done quicker. Here's some content. <laughs> See, I never took it like that. that. Yeah, I think people forget that Madhouse also corresponded with Chaos Arena. Right, right. So right. to me, it was more of a, like, hey, we're also trying to celebrate this new event thing. Like, if we ever get a new game mode, it wouldn't shock me if we get another, like, Madhouse thing at that point. Yeah. Um... Yum Yum in chat says uh, they're going to announce January 31st a new expansion because they love the end of the month. And they really do love the end of the month, don't they? Um, November, end of November was Clockwork. Heroes of Skyrim was end of June. Uh, yeah. Fall, I think, I thought Dark Brotherhood was like more middle of March. But I mean, he's not wrong. They do love the end of the month. That makes sense. I can never remember when anything's announced, but that makes sense. When's the announcement of the announcement? Announcement section. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, and, and like we're just, you know, we're just talking out our ass here, but like it does feel like that's the time, right? It does yeah. feel like that's the time. Maybe it's just uh unbridled optimism on my part. I don't know, but that's Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. 
Eastbits <laughs> says, if they have a pack expansion, I hope there's enough cards to give Spanish Drop Guy a card this time. Oh, yeah. We need, we need to get on that. Yeah. yeah. We definitely need to get on that. <laughs> Look, you know what I know about a new expansion? A new expansion needs to have Maik in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're not wrong. Yeah. In fact, I would go for a Maik-based expansion. Yeah. Where every class gets a new a unique legendary, and it's Maik. I would go for a Madhouse-style yeah. pack. Where okay. you get a bunch of different versions of Maik. Yeah, the Maik House Collection. I want ten cards, one for literally each class, right? Yeah. And he just does something different that's within, like, the realm of what each class is known for. Like, the Monk one would have Pilfer. Yeah. Um, the Battle Mage one would do something with items. But I, the reason that he belongs everywhere and does all the things is because you don't know which one is the real Maik or what is reality and not because he's a liar. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, exactly. I I want that. The only the only acceptable way, in my opinion, that Bethesda can get away with not printing a Maik card at some point, the only, yeah. like, I would part of me would smile inside is if every set Oh, this is what I want. Kind of want secretly. I want every set for them to reveal a Maik card and then never actually put it in the expansion and do it every time. I think that's amazing. I think we should give Spanish Drop Guy a reveal for a card that's not in the set. <laughs> that card right? is my Maik the Liar. <laughs> El Mentoroso. Yum Yum says, Spanish Drop Guy was mad that he didn't get a card reveal, so Legends now takes up an equal amount of space on the screen to FIFA. Does it really? I've never watched it. Hold on, I, let me pull I, it up. I've never watched it either. I don't let me even... Pull it up real quick. Where's Spanish Drop Guy? I, I know Spanish Drop Guy by reputation only. Spanish Drop Guy. Here we go. <laughs> What is this? There's a lot going on on the screen. He's playing Bejeweled or something in the right. Well, of course. Huh. That's good times. Yeah, because the, the focus isn't Legends or anything. That makes sense. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast for the first time... <laughs> Welcome! Welcome. Uh, Spanish Drop Guy is a Twitch broadcaster who basically streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Most of the time it's not even live broadcasts, it's just rebroadcasts with the intent of uh, farming viewers and farming Twitch drops. And the viewers that sit in there are also not interacting, they're just farming Twitch drops. And that's why, uh, that's why one, we always make fun of it and they're not really included in the community. And two, that's why things like Bejeweled and FIFA also make appearances on his stream because Legends is far from the, the focus. So That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, we have a big tournament tomorrow. I mean, not you and I. <laughs> because we're not good enough to get in. But the Championship Series Top 32 tournament is tomorrow. That That is right. Maybe I'll be in one soon. Um because my family was on vacation this week, I actually had time to like play some games. Yeah. Um, so I I finished last night in the top 100, like two days ago. Like no joke, I was 
500 and something and in two days I jumped into the top 100 it's amazing what I can do if I actually have time to sit down and play yeah absolutely um, so you know someday if my two jobs and family don't keep me away I'll uh, I'll be like a real player yeah dude someone posted on reddit the other day they were talking about how they had played the game a long time ago and they were just coming back and they're shouting out to people that, and things that they remember and they mentioned that I once hit legend number one legend with mono red and I was like holy shit that's right I did <laughs> yeah that was a long time ago it was a long time ago <laughs> yeah you know it is the time thing right I mean like look there's a skill level about you know involved in it too like there are better players now than there were when I was hitting top 10 legend but uh it's a it's largely a time commitment to some extent yeah yeah i mean it, it's a time commitment and i look i'm never you'll never hear me say that i'm the best legends player ever uh in fact nine times out of ten i describe myself as mediocre at best well you're um, top three though right oh yeah i'm sure i'm for sure top three not never the best but for sure top three uh yeah. <laughs> no like i usually just say you know like look i i recognize that i'm i would you know, if I was giving the the most honest assessment, I would say good, not great. Um, but a lot of that has to do with, again, like time. Um, and not, not just because like, I feel like if I had enough time to play as many games as other people that like, I would outgrind them or anything, but just quite frankly, like if you look at a guy like Trader Joe, who uh, plays as many games as he does, um, you get better at the game when you yeah. play more i think like the absolutely not, not even card games in general but there's the uh the number that's always thrown around kind of like casually is it takes like ten thousand hours to master something right yeah like, of course the people who have the opportunity to play more are just going to be better than me they've got better practice they've got a better routine or rhythm they yeah. uh you know they can think uh less because they've been through the motions right like it, it's just like anything so yeah. Um, you know, it's time for practice. It's time for those things. And then also, quite frankly, like, I think a, a lot of people forget that when I'm streaming, it's like already midnight and into the AM and it's after I've worked one to two jobs. So like, yeah. I'm never, I'm never streaming this game when I'm a hundred percent with it. When people are like, Hey man, why'd you, why'd you miss like lethal? I don't know because yeah. I can't feel my toes right now. I am so close to falling asleep. I don't even know what to do. So yeah, you know, yeah, but I, I but I, that being said, like when I used to put more time into it, I was routinely in the, you know, twenties and thirties, but that was like eight months ago. It's like been eight or nine months since I was, in top 100 because i just haven't put an emphasis on it i hear you man you know the good news is is that <clears throat> if the uh federal government stays shut down for much longer the uh deleterious economic effects will trickle down to my nonprofit and your state government job we'll be out of work and we'll be able to play legends all day <laughs> well i mean I guess that's just what we got to do. Yeah. It's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Right. I mean, this country, uh, <laughs> insert shithole joke, man. I don't know. I don't even have energy for that right now. <laughs> Here's what I want to say, right? Part of me, yeah. part of me wishes I could just quit both jobs and make, uh, content full time. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a part of me that wants to do it. I would love to do that. Anything games related. Uh, I live it and I breathe it. Yeah. But, 
in order to do that, I would probably have to like rebroadcast, uh, you know, 24 seven and farm viewers or something. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if, if I can, if I can do that and sleep well at night. So hey, l let me ask you a question. How long of a video do I need to have uploaded to Twitch to s repeat it over and over and over again for people to farm drops? <laughs> uh, good question. Does anybody know anybody in the audience? Like, let's say I recorded a minute and a half long video, and I wanted to run it on my channel 24 hours a day. Uh, could people farm drops in there? I mean, technically, yeah, you could record, you know, yourself on loop saying, um, you know, hi, this is this is a drop farm welcome um and then because i mean really you just you start your stream and then you walk away and then you can just in obs set it to play a video on loop right so, so like, i have i have to be running obs and, like and uploading it constantly or something yeah yeah like basically like imagine you streaming and then you just never turn it off okay. but instead of it being your webcam and like the actual game you yeah. just set it to be a pre-recorded video on a loop Okay. Well, then I have some good news about the future of my channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a meme video that I was filming earlier that I'm going to I'm gonna run 24 hours a day on my channel from now on. Fair. Yeah. I mean, eventually, we'll get back to making commercials, and we'll make so many that we'll run a 24-hour commercial channel. I feel like uh, sooner rather than later, we'll have some cool shit to yeah. record. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, uh, K Vitoid, K Vitoid, I'm probably slaughtering that and I apologize, uh, asked yeah. me, uh, what do I do for a living for my two jobs? Um, I, during my day job, I work in data governance for my state treasury department, specifically dealing with like identity theft and tax fraud and, uh, like I can't. There's some things I can say and some things I can't say, but basically, like I catch bad guys with data and interwebs. Holy uh, shit! You're you're like Jordy on an away mission. I'm. I'm oh. I'm, I'm, I'm more like <laughs> the Chris Hansen of tax fraud. Um, <laughs> Have a seat over here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my second job is uh, I'm an adjunct professor for a local university and I teach computer science at night. So uh, computer programming courses, uh, SQL Server, uh, this past semester I was teaching database design. Um, but I have this semester off, so uh, I might be streaming a little bit more frequently this semester. Um, but I also, when I'm not teaching, I also do some consulting work for a previous job that I worked at, which was a nonprofit in education. Um, so yeah, I'm always doing something. I never, I never get sleep. Charmer's actually a vampire. Yeah. A little bit. I'm taking a picture of my cat. Well, of course it it's only, <laughs> only natural. <laughs> I'm going to tweet it out. It's a good picture. Yeah. So what do you want to see? Like what kind of new cards do you want to see, man? What does this game need? What does this game need? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Lately, I'd say it needs the ability to build forts because I've, I'll be honest, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite too. Like, I'm almost yeah. embarrassed how much Fortnite I've played off stream. That's fair. Yeah, I, I really have been. 
hooked on uh, Heroes of the Storm in ways that I can't articulate. <laughs> <laughs> so not to say I know of this game. I just also is people need uh, you know a break from time to time. You know. Yeah. Um, Hannibal asks Blood Magic Lord or Night Talon Lord. Blood Magic Lord for a couple of reasons. Um, I've always just had an affection for the card, and I think he's cool. But also. Um, if you've ever heard me go on any rant about comic book characters, you know that I'm not a fan of Batman, and Night Talon Lord is Batman. He literally is a bat in the picture. He says, I am the knight when he attacks. Like, Night Talon Lord is Batman. So, uh, I choose Blood Magic Lord. I, I mean, I gotta go with Night Talon Lord just because it's funnier to blow people out with that. But... I mean, while we're talking about the old days of Legends, or we were earlier, and I'm going to force the uh, issue, uh, a 1 in 4 chance on a Blood Magic spell is what won the very first Legends tournament for me. So, <laughs> I got to give props. Yeah, I mean, Night Talon Lord is the kind of guard that will win you the game um, if it's not answered, but that doesn't mean that it's good, right? Like, I right. lost a game on stream, I can't remember if it was last night or the night before, um, to yet another deck that, in all honesty, was the sort of thing that I had no business losing to, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I lost to it because they played Quinroll Burglar and swung with it three times, and I still found no answers, right? I had a lot yeah. of answers in my deck, right? You know, I ran Lightning Bolts and Six Silences and Harpies and, you know what I mean? Like, have all these yeah. answers but it doesn't matter if you just don't have them at the time so like every now and then a game like that needs yeah uh... i hear you yeah i hear you you know for the first time um in uh the history well i, I don't want to i looked at like years with the data i actually lost subscribers uh on youtube for the first time like i was down net you know total i guess for the day two days ago two days ago huh yeah. It was new. It was a new feeling. It was a new experience. Man. Must be yeah. uh must be a one percent problem. I lose subscribers left and right, man. I sneeze and I lose subscribers. Well, I mean like, you know, I, I've lost a total of seventeen hundred, right? But like I, you know, I'm at sixty two hundred or whatever. Um it's just <laughs> that like You've lost more subs than I've got total. But I mean like it's the first time like my total went down in a day <laughs> you know F Firo was actually talking um, on his stream the other day and I've, I thought it was kind of interesting and I can't really articulate why there is a pretty sizable gap specifically in the YouTube community mm -hmm. between like you and CVH and Firo and then like all of the other legends content creators like yeah like a pretty sizable like what are you up to now right like me I have 6200 subscribers yeah so you've got like 6000 I think CVH is approaching 10k ish now like yeah he's at like 10,000 uh, I think Firo has like 9,000 and then like yeah. after that it drops to like me and Dragon Tamer Blade who I think just hit 2k I'm at like yeah. 1600 and yeah. it's just so interesting to me that there's like such a sizable gap between the two, right? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I will say like I do the most shameless self-promotion, 
So I'm sure that's part of the reason I have my numbers. Yeah, I just would have thought from like YouTube uh, exposure and things like that that at some yeah. point it would have like people would have went down that rabbit hole and at least found right. some other people. Like if you're interested in legends and you find like you and CVH for example, which is what we would expect out of the gate. Right. Um, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very surprised that it's yeah. just like that massive of a drop off. I can only assume it's because, uh, Dragon Tamer Blade does other games and I'm just rather unlikable, but it's yeah. a pretty big drop. So looking at my channel, like the, when you bring up the homepage or whatever the fuck it's called, it, <clears throat> it recommends you to Furo, Charmer, Hiking Emmerich, Gym Class Hero, Dragon Tamer Blade, CVH, TES Legend Central, and Games Inquisition. And Games Inquisition is a big Legends channel, but I'm pretty sure it's in Spanish. Is it Spanish it. Drop Guy? Oh, no, it's Russian. No, I'm subscribed to a Legends channel in Spanish, which has about 3,000 subscribers. Hmm. Yeah. I guess, I mean, like, for a while, Santa and I were talking about releasing content in Spanish. And, um... So we did, you know, we searched out to see if anybody was doing it already, and we found this guy, so. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to find his name. You know, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not great with Spanish, so, like, it's not like I watch the channel regularly, but I am subscribed to him. Let's see here. Oh, shit. I haven't watched in, like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah, he still plays Legends. Um... It's, uh, Hebel, D-J-E-B-E-L. Yeah. Yep. So, Ray Ray wants to dive right into the interactive portion. So it's time, sure. Um, he says... Would triple attribute classes work? Assuming a huge no, would it work for a rumble, and how would you like to see it explored, if at all? And this is something that you and I have talked about a bit in the past. Yeah. Um, I think would... the way things are currently balanced, no. Yeah. It would just, it would be super homogenous. Like, you know, we would all be playing the same thing. <clears throat> I mean, like, imagine putting Lightning Bolt and Encano and Tazcad in Orcs. I mean, I guess that's four classes, but, like, just, like, just, like, small changes no. like this, I feel like, just no. be not fun. That's that's not four classes, though, right? Lightning Bolt, or well, if you say Tazcad, but, no, if you yeah. go, like, Lightning Bolt and Encano uh, in anything that can run Sower of Revenge, like, that's all I need. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, that would not be fun. Like, I, I think ultimately, it's so funny, whenever I think about three classes, for me it always comes back to Sower of Revenge. I don't want to have to play against Sower of Revenge any more than I already have to. Yeah. Card Sword is Re just that good. I agree. Sower of Revenge is crazy powerful. Or <laughs> give the curse package to that many more things, or... I feel like Dragon Decks could be insanely powerful. Three colors worth of dragons sounds great. As well as three three colors of dragon enablers. I'm not even sure that it's good enough. I think it's too slow. 
Because think about think about the like aggressive options that open up as well the minute you can go. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess I guess aggro. We just feel feels like it would trend towards the most powerful. I mean, like maybe you take the control mage package that shell, and what would you mix with it? I mean, control mage would like. I don't know. I mean, if you're. If you're trying to play the control side of things, then you add endurance because you want to have like right. dark guardians and yeah, barrow exactly. stalkers for your early game. You could run thirty-five guard creatures and you know fifteen removal spells. <laughs> yeah, Ian Bet says uh, control mage with drain vitality. Also, that seems... was my first thought was control mage with with green, uh, but endurance just seems like so roadblocky and unstoppable. Yeah. Because Endurance also gives you access to, like, Edict of Azura. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you get Barrow Stalker, Dark Guardian, Edict of Azura, um, on top of your Ice Storms. Um, you yeah. Get, you get Soul Tear. Like, yeah. if the meta were to then go greedy, then you also have Soul Tear there. Uh, mm -hmm. On the green side, you would have access to, like, what? Drain Vitality, um, yeah. Baroness, Tazcad, but <clears throat> I don't, I don't know... The problem with Drain Vitality is you almost still kind of like have to run the Curse Package, and I don't know if like the Curse Package plus Ice Storm is good enough, or not Curse Package, excuse me, the Shout Package. And I don't know yeah. if like the Shout Package plus Ice Storm and the other stuff ends up being good enough. That that's fair. That's fair. It's an interesting actually like thought exercise though, and and you know what Ray Ray, when you when you come back, this is actually something I think would be fun to like brew up and make lists for. <laughs> Yeah. Uh. Semi Hunter Nine by Nineteen mentions Battle Mage with Heal. Um, yeah, Merrick. You know, ultimately that that might be interesting. Um, yeah, that's may true. Maybe the best deck in the format is actually Wisp Raiders, because you just survive long enough and then auto win. Wisp Raiders support like Wisp Raiders Wisp Mother. Combo meets support mage. This is a deck I would never want to play against. <laughs> Holy shit, though, that could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that just feels really chaotic. Uh, so, like, JT Graphics says, what about three attributes with no, like, two color cards? So, like, no class specific. I mean, it still feels really strong, though, right? Like, you take yeah. that you take that control mage example that we were talking about and uh okay so i don't get edict of azura but i still get barrow stalker dark guardian you know soul tear um ray ray yeah i mean i don't have any plans for next week but charmer and i gotta discuss it uh we, we, we might have plans for next week i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. uh <laughs> Furian says, what do you guys think the theme for the next expansion will be? I want it to be Morrowind. Um, That's what I want it to be. It wouldn't shock me if it was Morrowind just because Elder Scrolls Online recently did their Morrowind yeah. expansion. Um, I feel like uh, Oblivion would be another like easy one to hit yeah. um hmm 
What do I think it'll be? I think it'll be arena. Like, old school, like... <laughs> Pixelated fucking artwork. Yeah. And I, I want the art on the cards to be that pixelated. The Heart of Elsewhere. Like a, a Khajiit base expansion. By the way, every time I get those surveys from, from Bethesda about what I want, I, I always write shit like, when they ask for notes and additional comments, I'm always like, more Khajiit, please. I think I've written that three times now. <laughs> I need to start putting in my Eek the Liar requests there. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. I had not considered that. Yeah. Um, I think I missed a question. Probably. Uh, but yeah, I mean, next expansion, there's all sorts of stuff they can do, you know? Like, I feel like the smart move marketing-wise is to, like, tie into an existing, like, location or property that people have a lot of passion for, you know? I think people really like Sheets, but I also think people really like Morrowind, especially through the, you know, rose-colored glasses of, like, um, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> that we're all looking at it back now, because, like, I'll be honest, I, I own Morrowind. I tried playing it not too long ago, and uh, maybe I'm just like a snob, but like it looks awful. <laughs> the controls are clunky and stuff, and I, I didn't understand how magic worked. It's very confusing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's rose-colored glasses, but like I said, they also just did the Elder Scrolls Online expansion, which makes sense. I right. mean, Morrowind, Morrowind is a good one to hit. Like I said, I think Oblivion's good. I think that uh, if you did something... Uh, Oblivion themed or data heavy there's a faction of people who would really enjoy that um, yeah I'd like to see a thieves guild based one you know that could be cool I mean we well we, hold on we have fall of the dark brotherhood which I guess you know it hits a lot of the same notes I feel uh, Ian Bits says if we do Valenwood we'll get uh, Link back, Turquoise Link. He can't resist that many Wood Elf babes. That's kind of funny. Uh, Mac asks, uh, what, what do you Sorry. think the last class monthly card's supposed to do? So, Mage, Archer, Shout, etc. Huh. Um, good question. I'd like to see, I mean, like, well, the first thing I was going to say before I checked myself was I'd like to see a uh, a mage class support card. <laughs> but I don't know if we need that in meta right now. I'd like to see uh, a mage class token card. Oh, wait. Right. Right, exactly. Like, I think a good monthly reward card encourages people to try something different. Honestly, so what I think needs to occur in mage... Um, because here's the problem. Mage just does everything well. So if you're not trying to push one thing or another that's already seeing play, like mid-range prophecy mage, control mage, support mage, token mage, um, I think that it needs to be something action-based, right? Action mage used to be a thing. Um, I think that's what Iron is technically supposed to help out with, right, as a class card, but... Yeah. Um, you know, there are things in Mage where it's like, play an action, make a token. Play an action, pump a guy. Um, yeah. It wouldn't shock me if the next Mage card is, like, in that vein. Yeah. 
I think a scout card with last gasp that encouraged Necrom Mastermind Scout would be cool. I feel like that's a deck that could be a thing with a few more cards. Um, we need <laughs> Nerezuri says we need Valenwood Crawler to eat a Nord and give itself plus one plus one. I got that reference. That's good. <laughs> Favorite matchup of all time, any era or meta. So before the nerfs to scout, I honestly really enjoyed the uh, like the two month ago, three three month ago, four month ago scout ramp versus uh, support mage matchup because I feel like I, I mean I had a positive win rate playing support mage against scout despite the fact that it was such a challenging game. Like I really enjoyed like grinding those matches to the ground. Hmm. I also really enjoyed last summer playing mid-range life gain crusader against prophecy battle mage because it was like an automatic win. Favorite favorite matchup. <clears throat> that's that's interesting. I I don't know. Like I will say that I have a lot of fun when I play mirror matches often, especially ones that are not like completely one-sided or the other. So like if you've got a good back and forth token mirror, I enjoy those. You got a good back and forth, um, like prophecy battle mage mirrors can be really interesting because they, the prophecies can change the tide one way or the other. Yeah. Um, control mage mirrors can be really interesting, right? Yeah, um, I do like good mirror matches just in general. When when, got... when you're not steamrolled, like when you have a bad hand or something, like right. Um, you know, uh, last so like over a year ago, I enjoyed Ramp Sorcerer versus uh, Control Mage. I enjoyed playing Ramp Sorcerer against Control Mage back then. Um. What else? Yeah, I think my favorites, though, are Support Mage versus Ramp Scout. So, JG, JT Graphic in chat is theory crafting a card that says, What about a card that triggers end of turn or beginning of turn falsely? And, yeah, I mean... Uh, that's an interesting concept, right? Like, you think about cards like Murkwater Shaman that say, like, at the beginning of your turn, put a curse in your hand. But then you could have a card that just triggers that, right? Like, maybe a, a, a summon effect, maybe it's an action that does it. Um, yeah. You know, similarly, end of turn, there's a bunch of stuff. That, that could be interesting. That could make uh, a bunch of cards that are not played right now slightly more playable like i'm one of those people that i love spider layer no matter how bad it is but i've always yeah, said that spider spider layer would at least feel a little bit better if it said at the end of turn instead of beginning because you already have to invest seven and then there's a chance you get nothing out of it yeah um i agree with that hmm <sighs> Thoughts on something like Hearthstones if your deck has no blank sort of cards? Uh, I want I want unique legendaries for each class, or even non-unique legendaries that have special effects uh, if you don't have any cards of different colors in your class. To really, like like a Reno Jackson style effect that encourages you to play monocolor. 
See, I know that a lot of people like the monocolor support, but I, I understand why they don't push it too heavily. Because one of the things that separates Legends from games like Hearthstone, for example, is the fact that we have attributes and that you can interact with them, right? Like, yeah. in Hearthstone you play Mage and you just play Mage, right? In this yeah. game, um, you have Intelligence and that can be combined with a bunch of other different things. Um, and the monocolor emphasis, if they make monocolored decks too good, then you have no incentive to experiment and like look for those cool cross uh, attribute synergies so um i don't know if i would want them to push it too hard because if it's too good then you basically go from like 10 possible classes to just like five attributes i hear that and, and uh and potentially yeah. less because if you have like five attributes and like two of them are good then yeah I want to say to Nerazuri, Nerazuri writes, uh, I don't want uniques that are so powerful. I'm happy that the Clockwork Legendaries are at the power level they are rather than Encano and Tazked. I actually agree with that philosophy. Um, I do think Encano and Tazked, Tazked in particular, because I, I think Tazked is more powerful than Encano. Uh, I, I do think that they are... The, I mean, like... I don't know. They introduced, like... Like, you know, I hate being in the state where it's like, my opponent has 33 cards left in their deck, there is one card they could draw that could kill me, and they draw it. It just feels bad. I guess it feels great to be on the delivering end of that, but I don't know. I mean, I can get behind that, but that can those scenarios can still happen, like, even if you're in a three of. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've said, like, my opponent has already used two lightning bolts, so there's only one left in their deck. Whoops, I just found it. You know? I I hear what you're saying, but I also dislike the idea that like being a unique legendary is an excuse for a higher power level. I I, I just disagree with that. I guess. I mean, it is a higher power level, but it's not. It's not like I know that Tazcat is that good, right? But it's not blatantly, like super high, right? Like, let's be honest here. Tazcat more often than not is just like I do six damage and I finish you off, right? Yeah. Like. That's not, yeah, t t not that much higher than Swiftwing Dragon. No, Tazcat is so great because of the, you know, over-the-top amount of value you get for 9 Magicka. I mean, yeah, but when was the last time, like, you actually got that value? Although, I have to admit, like, in a lot of cases, Eclipse Baroness provides more value if you're not trading with Tazcat. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say right now, right, maybe 1 in 10 games I play Tazcad when I'm not just doing 6 damage to kill my opponent. Yeah. Like maybe That's... maybe one in ten I play it and it's not for lethal damage and then I actually like like I can't even tell you the last time legitimately I got the four four from Tazcad. Because I either play him and I kill my opponent or I play him and he gets miracked. Like those are the only two options. Yeah. Um it's just the way that it is. So like I like I get it. Like Tazcad's good and he's certainly powerful like on paper. I'm just saying that um, I don't think that, like, many of the unique legendaries, in my opinion, aren't, like, so overbearingly powerful that I feel bad about it at the moment. That's fair. Firedrake wants you to tell him what you think the most powerful attribute is at the moment. Willpower. No question. 
unconditionally willpower. It does most of the things you would want any attribute to do. Um, it can play tokens by itself. It can play mid-range by itself. It's a quality control option. It has life gain, like, it's willpower. Um... That's a good question. I, I I mean, like, I can see, like, my my response is sort of colored by yours, because, like, I find it difficult to disagree with that. Like, willpower is really strong, and it, it exists in, um... You can't tag me. Am I not in chat? I just got a drop, bro. I just got 100 soul gems. Nice. Like, you know... But, like, willpower appears in aggro decks, mid-range decks, and control decks right now. I don't know that you can say that for agility, for instance, right? Like, I mean, goblin aggro is a thing, I guess. I, um, you can say that in agility. Like, there's scout control, there's goblin aggro, and I've played mid-range scout pretty successfully. Agility yeah. is good. Um, yeah. It's just, like, if we're talking about consistency and just overall general, like, I, w I will still take... You know, like, I'll take tokens against uh, goblin aggro most of the time, because I think tokens wins that. I think that... The, the presence of hard removal, the presence of burst healing, uh, the ability to flood the board, uh, the presence of guards, like, yeah. how is Hive Defender ever wrong? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. agility's got some great stuff, but... <clears throat> Lovecat writes, uh, yellow and green so strong, but Monk not the best class. I actually think that, like, one of the safest things you could rank up to Legend with is uh, mid-range Monk. Yeah, Furo's been playing mid-range monk in top 50. But, yeah. but that being said, you have to understand, Lovecat, that we're talking about individual attributes for one. And two, I, the reason that monk suffers is that both of those uh, things require a heavy investment into that attribute uh, to make it good, right? Like... Tokens, for example, is basically mono willpower. And then you look at what are the best class cards that I can supplement that with. And the yeah. monk class cards are just weaker than the other options. Similarly, yeah. uh, for goblins, that's basically mono agility. And then you look at class cards to supplement. And then when you look at um, even not goblins for agility, you have to run like the curse package. And that's going to be like half of your deck in and of itself there which doesn't leave a lot of room for the other stuff as well so yeah um, i think that's why monk ends up not being as strong just because you're looking for a good core and then supplement right like i'd rather supplement with a daggerfall mage um and yeah. iron than i would monk strike and anasi you know i do think anasi is one of the most underrated cards in, ever in this game because I think Anasi is insanely powerful. Yeah, but the rest of the monk cards are... Hot garbage, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ray Ray wants to know which ally we think is the best. So, like, I have two answers to this. Like, in... I feel like in a vacuum, and historically, certainly, um, Cunning Ally, the Intelligence Ally, has been the strongest ally, and the... De the until relatively recently, the only ally you would warp the way you built your deck around. But Resolute Ally has enough like cheap friends that it can hang out with. <laughs> you know, after the 
exp couple expansions we got that uh, it certainly has the biggest impact on the game right now. That's funny because uh, Cunning Cunning Ally would be my third choice right now. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, you're going you're going with the red one. No, no. Really? Yeah. Mighty Ally okay. would be four on my list, and Stalwart would be last. Okay. I actually really like Nimble Ally. I think Nimble Ally is vastly underrated. Um, yeah. When you can consistently get it to trigger a four-four with lethal, uh, basically trades even with or value trades with almost any other three-drop in the game, and yeah. it trades into and survives Hive Defender, which is pretty massive. Um, you know, when you think about uh, three drops uh, and people talk about power level, Young Mammoth is always in the conversation, and yet Nimble Ally, again, if you're talking about, like, when you get the trigger, uh, Nimble yeah. Ally is a better Young Mammoth, right? So I think that it's wildly underrated, and... I, I gotta back up for a second, and I can see your argument. That's a pretty good one. Um, I, I think that actually... Let me go back. In the deck it belongs in, I think Mechanical Ally might be the strongest. Cycling, producing another body for Dwemer and Shenanigans, super good. I mean, it's good, but even even with, like, Halls of the Dwemer, you're not getting the same payoff. Like, I think Resolute Ally is still better. When you look at top end, Resolute Ally is potentially a 6-6 six, six for 3, right? Like, that's that's why Resolute Ally wins hands down. I mean, with Halls of the Dwemer, Mechanical Ally is a 6-3, a 6-1, and a draw card. <laughs> How are you getting a 6-1 out of that? It's a 3-3 three, three that gets... Oh, a th I'm sorry. A 6-3, 3-1, and draw a card. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I used to think that Stalwart Ally was super powerful, and the original scout lists like that I played in closed beta and in early open beta ran um, a preponderance of purple cards to trigger um, Stalwart Ally consistently, but Dark Guardian, as was already mentioned in chat, like blows that card out of the water. Yeah, well, and again, when you're looking at it, right, like a 3-5 just, like, it... It trades, it trades with uh, Mighty Ally, but you still let through a breakthrough damage. Yeah. It uh, doesn't take care of all of the stats from a heavily triggered Resolute Ally. It doesn't even like kill Nimble Ally if that triggered. Um, trades even with Cunning Ally, assuming that they put the Firebolt into it. Like, It just underperforms compared to the other ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, so let's start let's start hyping this up for people. Let's start talking about this now cuz I know it's a long ways out. But like Charmer and I are going to do our damnedest to get to QuakeCon this year. Everybody else should go too and we should have a huge fucking legends meetup. Stop dropping the F bomb. I'm already getting my stuff demonetized. Sorry, bro. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious about this. Like, we got like seven months or whatever, eight months till it comes out, till till the the con. QuakeCon's in Texas somewhere, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it's in Texas in August, but I'd have to look. Let me look it up. QuakeCon 2018. Uh, enter my birthday. What is this? An adults-only thing? God damn it! QuakeCon 2018. 
All I got is the 2017 schedule. I don't know when QuakeCon's going to be, but we're going to be there. I mean, in, 20, was, in 2017, I feel like it was in August, though, right? Like, that's what I was basing it off of. Maybe. And look, I know Texas is, like, one of the worst states in the country. <laughs> we get that. But, yeah. That's assuming we're going. We don't even know that we're going for sure yet. Well, look. I feel like even if we can't commit somebody to pay for us to go, we should go. <laughs> I mean, we should go. There's a lot of things that I should do. Yeah. It'll be good times. Yeah. Uh, Ian Bits is correct. Griffin Gasp, member of the Legends community, is out there. Yeah. And also, this year I'll be at the uh, Denver Comic Con again like I was last year. So if you guys are in the area, come come check that out. Uh, Riri asks, what is QuakeCon? So... <laughs> yeah, it's like Bitcoin. <laughs> um, it's a big gaming convention, and Bethesda has a particular stake in it because they publish Quake, which is the game for which it has its namesake. Yep. QuakeCon. <laughs> yeah, you're confusing it with QuakeCoin. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. Hey, can you. Yeah. Actually, I, okay, yeah. I got a question for you once we're off the air. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, let's get those final questions and we're getting to that point where we would traditionally wrap up mr larson has a paper yeah sorry guys write, so i'm in the middle of uh <laughs> one of the most important classes in grad school <laughs> for me conventions are places where people go and wear costumes and feel at home and uh look at nerd shit that they might feel like a little uh uncomfortable looking at in general public not because it's inappropriate but because it's you know just like uh, sort of an esoteric hobby you're just surrounded by people who like the same kind of weird shit you like and it's a real feel-good place i've been to the denver comic-con the last two years and had a blast i mean there's those kinds of conventions and then there's stuff like blackboard world that i've been been to for work yeah blackboard world Dude, uh, earlier this week I toured the Denver Harm Reduction Action Center because I'm trying to establish a partnership with them and I want to get them to train uh, my agency staff on how to administer Narcan. And uh, it was the first time I'd gone out by myself in a suit to represent us at another agency, right? And I felt real important, man. It was a good feeling. It was nice. Yeah. Sounds nice. Is there LARPing? Probably. I went last year dressed as a Nord because Heroes of Skyrim had like just come out, and uh, I went to the Direwolf Digital fucking booth, <laughs> and I, I in character on film like was like harassing them about you know whether or not they were supported the Stormcloaks or the Imperials, and all the only people they had sent were the Eternal team, and so nobody knew what the hell I was talking about, and it was very disappointing. Oh. 
So I want to take a moment and apologize for the seemingly abrupt end of the podcast. My computer actually had a blue screen of death and we were unable to recover it in a reasonable amount of time. So the podcast ended abruptly and this is just me adding in something after the fact to let you know uh, why it seems like it just cuts off. So again, I'm sorry. Uh, We had some technical difficulties, but this was the end of this week's podcast.